This guy's in Marvel versus Capcom. Look, it's Granny Goodness. Quick, I did get Granny I, Goodness vibes. Can I ask you a serious question? I was thinking about when you pulled this book out and you were like, "This is what the Guardians of the Galaxy is based on." Yada yada yada. I have a question. Yeah, I know that there's like a lot of comics, like a a, a huge history of comics, and some very really just some. Not so good, you know. Do you ever feel like you need to read comics for, like, history reasons? Like, the history of comic reasons, just so you can have said that you read it? Like, people that read The Silmarillion, like, it sucks. But people well, yeah. are like, I have to read it, you know what I mean? Do you ever feel like that with comics? Or? Um, Sometimes, yeah. No, I, um, I, during COVID, I spent, like, a full year and a half just reading from 2004 to 2013, um, like mainline Marvel continuity books, so right. like main events, major event like Civil War and uh, Avengers versus X Men, and all these like big events, and all of the like Avengers books and X Men books, and and like Spider Man and Thor and Captain America books in between. So that way, I had their full stories going into the events and what they were going on and dealing with at the time. And I'll tell you, there was some stuff in there that I was just like, "This sucks. This sucks. I wish I wasn't reading it." And when I was done reading it. I was like, God, I really don't ever want to read that again. And I tell Eric all the time, and the longtime listeners will know that, like, That's I'm me. like, when you I'm read Eric. comics and you're like, man, I like Spider Man, but this Spider Man sucks and I don't know why. And then this, that Spider Man was good and now, now, now it's good again, but what, what, what is it? And you look at the writer and you see the similar names. And I found that Josh Whedon was a name that was always like, oh, I hate these books. Why? And then I'd see Josh Whedon and I'd be like, oh, that's why this guy sucks. He would write really, really awful female characters in huh. mid two thousands. Like it was mid two thousand. What Josh a comic book writer writing really bad female characters post two thousand or pre two thousand ten. The thing shocking. Is, the thing about it is like, yeah, it was super common, but it was also super easy not to fall into that trope. It's just like it, th- certain writers just seemed to make it a point to be like, hey, just as a heads up, just in case nobody knows who's reading this book, I don't respect women. In the slightest. <laughs> and you know what? That's what the readers wanted. They were like, oh, heck yeah. We don't respect women. Yeah, we read comics. No ladies <laughs> in our space. Industry. What? Brie Larson? Flips table. <laughs> <laughs> it was always weird, too, because it was always like, it was always books that like had a lot of uh, women characters in it. Yeah. So it was just like, why did you give this yeah. book to this man? Like, what, what are you doing? Marvel bolt, uh, bolt. It's like you see those videos on TikTok, and it's like men writing women, and it's just like walking boobily. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she jiggled as she walked in all she, the right places. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I love how manga gets a pass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's such a dude. The cultural pass is op. The cultural uh, pass of just like no, it's a different culture. Is <laughs> is just it's like, like no, no, no. They can walk boobily in manga, but yeah, oh my god, in yeah, mo- modern, even modern manga, it's just like no, no, no. It's fan service. It's fine. It's still bad. It's totally normal, you know, that Dead or Alive is still making these booby video games, <laughs> dude. dude they, it's how else, realistic how else, physics, how else, bruh. How else can we expect video game developers to know the limits of jiggle physics in 
the latest Unreal Engine. If not for <laughs> if it wasn't for Dead or Alive, Dead we or wouldn't alive, know about Soul body Calibur, physics or anything. Tekken, like how that. would you know about yeah, yeah, yeah. any like? What is the 3D fighting games? You know, <laughs> it's just like there was if it's a, a weird 3D era. fighting game. We yeah. got to make it entertaining somehow, yeah, right? There was a weird <laughs> era in fighting games when it went like to HD, where like from like weird polygons to like HD, where like there was a lot of sexualization. Not even just the boo physics, just less clothing. Yeah, less. Yeah, just oh, especially yeah, just like more when, skin. I see Mortal Kombat Nine when the, the when it first came out. It was like wow, all these women suck. They well, <laughs> their their outfits are just. Like not exi- non existent, but then the next game came out and they're wearing like full outfits and stuff. And I'm like, they hired okay. women is what happened. Yeah, yeah, they did it. They did. Finally, they did. But also, Mortal Kombat Nine has a problem where all of the women have the same face structure, and it's a very they look like strong God, they all... masculine jawline. <laughs> Everyone has a Every masculine jawline. Looks like it's, they're just like Melina. Looks like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it's might tough. be the one exception because of the teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, the jaw cracks yeah. open. You know, what but, like yeah, Katana yeah. is just straight up like. Trum, 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 it's like, like it's like it's fine if they have the mask on, but like once they take it off in the cutscenes, oh. it's like ugh. you ever like you ever like uh, look back at something um, and you don't realize that it was formative to you. But then you start talking about it, and you're like, oh, that makes sense uh, uh, about me now. <laughs> well, I played Mortal Kombat on 9 a lot in, like, ninth grade. And I look, I'll say it. I like a woman with a strong jawline. I like a handsome lady. Yeah. It might be Mortal Kombat 9's fault. But why does every character in it have to have uh, Mortal Kombat? Uh, it's definitely Melina. She's the reason why I am the way I am. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I'm this a, isn't. This is Melina simp too. All right, I'll put my hands up as well. I really wish this was a video game podcast. It's not, but it's not. Well, we'll we'll make a. We'll, we'll, that'll be a Patreon thing. <sighs> we'll cut this. We'll cut this in a cold or a, or a, or a fade out. But um, we'll start. You want to start? You want me to start? The podcast already begun. Hey, everybody. Oh, welcome. Leaving it in, baby. Welcome, everybody, to the He's book club on Planet Book Club, everybody. Book club on zero. Planet Book Club zero. <laughs> book, book, book club zero on Planet zero. Somebody club. hit my power switch, turn me off and on again, because I'm breaking down. Yeah, I think it's those worms in my head. I think they haven't. I'm still booting. Out. You haven't gotten those out yet? <laughs> yeah, I keep, like. Picking my ear and the dude, you know out. those are contagious. Why did you shouldn't have, we shouldn't have invited a guest here if we still got brainworm? Dude, it's fine as long as we don't like touch ears. Oh, oh, we didn't do that. Did we, we already touched ears, but oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> long time <laughs> listeners, welcome call this, back. Call this quarantine on planet zero. <laughs> quarantine on planet zero. Welcome to episode four of season two. Everybody, we're bringing it back, guests, and our first one ever, and our first one on season two. Everybody, welcome back, Clay. Hey. Um, I'm happy to be back. It's it's a it's a it's a long trip. Uh, it's like 1.7 light years out here, but yeah. it's worth it every time. Um, happy to be back. We it's honestly, expenses. I'm just gonna start this off, <laughs> listeners, by letting you all know that I don't think I've seen Christian like per, like at around 9 a.m. since we both used to work at GameStop. So uh, it's like this is early. It's like you're dropping lore. It's like, <laughs> You're dropping lore. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's, I just don't normally see you, you know, so early in the morning and, and it's like 9 a.m. I think mm-hmm. on it's, Planet Zero right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we, it's in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's in the morning. There's like four suns, so it's hard to keep track. We all had breakfast. Yeah. And we did coffee. all, we did all eat space breakfast. They so, were so that counts as morning. So that's actually how you know if it's morning in space is if the restaurant you're at is serving breakfast. Still. <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah. Only it's, way. And it's honestly, it's kind of like an abstract thing. Definitely. It's all, it's all yeah, on they, a feeling. They always have breakfast. They always serve breakfast all day. So sometimes it's kind of hard. It's kind of yeah. weird. Planet Zero doesn't, actually, doesn't have a sun. You could trick, uh, you could trick a lot of <laughs> diners because what will happen is if you just 
just walk in with a fresh pot of coffee, the smell of coffee tricks the server into thinking they're serving breakfast, and then yeah, you can get. We breakfast. were talking about this in space. When you stand still, you know how like at one point in space it could be like uh, ten years has passed on Earth. I feel like if you just sit still in space. That no time passes. It makes sense. Well, that's right? actually how it works on Planet Zero. Is that if you if you don't move, time doesn't notice. It's like the T Rexes from Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's how time works. So if you stop moving, maybe like we can save some minutes. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we're able to read so much every week. We sit. We, we sit silently. Staring motionless. <laughs> Speaking of time not moving, it's definitely been like what two years, a year and a half since I've been on this uh, podcast. Mm, at least a year. It's been a while. One year, because we did um, all of uh, 2023, we started in 2023, and then we we wrapped up 2023, we took a big break, and now we're back, hitting yeah. it hard, we're hitting back. the pavement, feet on the ground, treads in the mud, wheels on the tarmac. I don't, somebody say something. You guys have been, you guys <laughs> been, do, you guys been no. doing pretty well, though. I was, yeah, what? yeah. Oh, I mean, besides yeah. a occasional, you know, oxygen tank leak or a, mm-hmm. or, or a brainworm, or a brainworm crawling. We have had the occasional in. interdimensional doppelganger try to replace us. Um, so if oh, you yeah. smell like if you smell a fr- awful a, if, something very awful, yeah, it's a yeah. Dead body. yeah. Or, or a pot of fresh coffee, you'll know <laughs> it's morning. <laughs> you'll know it's morning, and you'll know that that's not me. Welcome to Planet Zero. I, I've, I've been good. <laughs> To answer your question, I, I've been good. Um, I uh, it's been a long time, so I'll catch everybody up. Uh, you know, my 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 kid's been getting really big and awesome. Um, I started working with the creature. The creature works with me now. Uh, yeah, thank you, creature. Um, Go back I, uh, to your cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we only, the creature crate. We only call you out to edit the podcast. Go back into your crate. <laughs> I, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Uh, I. Uh, my kid, we we watched yesterday. This is a new thing. I won't take up too much time talking about my kid in my life since we have to talk about Saga, the book that you two love. Oh, yes. We will. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about Saga because that's what I was here originally mm-hmm. uh, to pitch to them. And believe it or not, guys, Eric read most of it. it. Christian I, read, I read some all of it, it. <laughs> in the span of a year and a half. Everybody, a year and a half. I read three volumes of it. Equivalent. My son, me and my son yesterday, we, were just, we were just vibing. Because yeah. my wife is sick. So she was back oh, in the bedroom. No. And it was just me and Liam. And I was like, hey, man, do you, do you want to watch like a Pokemon something or another? And he's at this point where he's just like, he's just yes to everything. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So I turn on Pokemon Concierge on Netflix. And it's like a cozy show. It's sort of like got four episodes. It's not real. I don't even know what is it's that about, the stop really. animation one? Yeah, it's like okay. stop motion animation. That's cute. And he lost his mind. He was like... Okay, so the Wingles came on the screen. Didn't care for the Wingles. What? Uh, the oh Wiggles? The, nobody likes Wingle. No, okay. I, I like the Wiggles. Okay. You know. Not the Wiggles. Wingle. Oh, Wingles? Oh, yeah. I don't give a Yeah. Thank you. Know, it w- yeah. They're, they're, the, they're the seagull that falls <laughs> Australian. Into a pelican. <laughs> Not an Australian kids thing. But yeah, like, dude. Uh, but then Mudkip came on the screen. Oh, yeah. He lost it. Oh. He was like, fish kitty. Yeah. <laughs> fish kitty. That's a fish kitty. And I was yeah. like, it kind of is a fish mm-hmm. kitty. Yeah. And then he saw Eevee, and he was like... He just he was like kitty. He lost it. He was like, I love Pokemon now. But then he saw Pikachu and knew Pikachu's name. He was like, That's Pikachu right there. That's Pikachu. And I was like, How do you know? We've never watched Pokemon. We've never done anything with Pokemon. He's like, That's Pikachu. That's that's eerie. It's like Nintendo. He, like it's just Pikachu is just this marketing icon, right? So he probably saw Pikachu somewhere, like yeah. in a Lego aisle at Target or something. You oh know? yeah, like, oh, it was Pikachu. Like probably, and I mean, Pikachu is like my second favorite Pokemon. So like. 
I get that. Anyways, yeah, so yeah, we're like we're getting 10. him into Pokemon. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. Um, wow, oh, he's about wow. to go on a ride. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Highs and lows. By the time show him all, show him all the ugly Pokemon, and then see if he. Oh, he saw uh, Trubbish, and he was so into Trubbish. Oh, that's the first God. one I thought of. Oh, I was my like, Lord. Trubbish. What, what, no, he loves garbage trucks and like okay. trucks oh. and trash and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so when the truck comes by, you, you take him out. Oh yeah, the, the garbage truck. He hears it outside, and he's like, "Trash guy!" And I'm like, "Let's go check it out." We open the door, we stand on the porch, and he just watches oh. the garbage truck get, and he it drives off, and he's like, "Bye, garbage truck." You think they hear him? Hmm? You think they, the truck? Oh, they look at him. Yeah, they love him. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they lo- that Liam comes outside almost every morning when the garbage guy comes, and they they re- they recognize this little a little goober, little That's the homie, little guy. Shout out! Shout out to to the youngest fan of the podcast, Liam. Uh, shout out to all your trash he collectors listens. out there. He does listen. Um, that's how he knows who. Actually, that's how he knows who Pikachu is. We keep, we keep, we, there's subliminal, if you play our podcast backwards, we just, it's just us describing Pikachu. what a Pikachu is to Liam. It's actually a secret Pokemon podcast. Yeah. It's, I that know that every you, episode sounds imp- improvised and just like yeah. a natural conversation, but it's a, it's a tight script. Yeah, everything, this whole podcast is literally scripted. Right now, if you play this portion backwards, it's the lore of Rayquaza. <laughs> So for the listeners, for the listeners at home, I sat down. I sat down. Just so chill, chill out. Just so everybody knows, I sat down and they set their books down on the table, and I was like, "So what are we talking about?" And they were like, "Uh," and then they changed the subject, and I was like, "Are we going to talk about saga?" And they were like, "Maybe." And Look, I was like, oh. "Yes, yes, we're going to." I'm not kidding when I tell you. I'm not kidding when I tell you that we're not supposed to talk about Moon Knight today. But there is a Moon Knight book on the table, and it's worrying me. No, look, <laughs> Eric just had this book and hasn't been reading it, and I know he hasn't been reading it. So I just we want are going to talk about. it. I'm going to talk about how much I don't like it. Uh, that's fine. It's like the, I guess <laughs> I don't out, of know, the, out of the four Moon Knight stories I've read, Eric's mad at me because on the way home from a party last night, I kept uh, shitting on. DC's uh, multiverse. That wasn't structure. why I was pissed off. I was pissed off because he wouldn't stop poking me. Oh, that's well, I was driving. <laughs> so you kept grabbing the wheel, dude. <laughs> yeah, because it was a party. Last time I was here, I recommended a book to you guys. You recommended uh, two books to me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, or one book to me. It was, and it was Berserk from this guy. It was Berserk from and, Christian. And, uh, and Delicious, Delicious in Dungeon. Delicious in Dungeon, which just came out as an anime, by the way, which and I haven't I, seen yet. I can't I, wait to watch it. I tried to read Berserk, and I I couldn't get into it, but it was more like, I think it was just like how I was reading it. Like maybe I had to have the physical copies, but then I didn't like, I don't like reading physical copies, so I went to read the digital copy, and it wasn't super easy for me to read like on my phone or on Mm. my tablet so i just kind of gave up on it but i as i turned to look at eric i (laughs) i i i did read delicious in dungeon about seven or eight i think seven or eight volumes of delicious in dungeon um and something else that i'll talk to you guys about later after we talk about saga because i recommended saga to you two yes what that's you, that's what our deep dive is today is saga. Yeah, so everyone put on your snorkel. Everyone, gear. everyone, get dressed up as Flippa Dippa because we're deep diving. <laughs> Call back Flippa to Flippa Dippa. Dippa season Flippa one. Dippa's going to be a mascot for this segment. <laughs> for the deep dive. <laughs> for the Hell deep yeah, dive. Buddy. This is where the creature edits in some stock, like <laughs> jumping into the water. You know, like this is, <laughs> this is where when I finally make the TikTok account, I'll actually start adding animation. Well, if I had like a, if I had like a like a my glass of milk with me, I would blow bubbles in it. You know. Yeah, I was going to say effect. you forgot your glass of milk. Today. I oh, I'm my signature glass of milk. 
milk that I carry with me everywhere. I don't yeah. have on your me. pink milk that what? is Planet Zero exclusive. <laughs> pink milk. That pink milk. I, I, it comes out. Clay, I swear to God, it's not just that blue Pepto-Bismol. milk, Lucasfilms. Please, not the. It's I not swear blue to milk. God, it's just Pepto Bismol. I. <laughs> there are no cows here. There's nothing to milk. It's artificial milk. It comes out of the machine. Yeah, that's a. It's creature milk. It's creature milk. No. <laughs> Creatures, pink what, milk. What did you guys want to... Did you want to just briefly discuss? Because I know we're going to do a deep dive into Saga. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bring it out. Did let's, you want to do a Delicious and Dungeon talk first? Or yeah. Oh, wanna, okay, so we have a few different okay, um, segments. So we have deep dive, and then we have what's in our pool. I don't want to... I'm not trying to... Oh, no, you're good. ...mess up the, the, the flow the, here. The flow? Yeah. Well, we kind of we, nah, we mess up our own flow, too, sometimes. We mess it up so all the time. <laughs> but I, I try to keep the Planet Zero train on a track sometimes. I think we should deep dive Saga. Let's do it. And then we should talk about um, the other things we've been recommending to each other, Sick. a.k.a. what's in our pools. Yeah. Delicious and Dungeons, um, So we can do that yeah. next, and then we'll Sick. talk about Annihilation and Swamp Thing, and then we'll move on to other recommendations and what we're just each individually reading on our own. That's a great um, what I need to talk to you yeah, about. And then, sure. uh, and then uh, Eric, I believe, has prepared a villain of the week. Villain of the week. Well, Eric did a PowerPoint presentation on a bunch of villains the other day uh, to a boardroom of, of business people. Uh, don't know how he got into the building. Uh, don't know how he got set up into that uh, boardroom meeting. Uh, but he got a full hour before they realized he wasn't supposed to be there. And and uh, him talking about DC obscure villains. Had yeah, it was to the do racist the egg that I think alerted them. Yeah, no, they were they were on board for Angleman, but once you got to Egg Fu, they were like, "We gotta <laughs> get this guy <laughs> out of this <laughs> building." <laughs> but uh, but oh. yeah, so Saga, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. Yep, this out of the way. That beautiful Fiona Staples art. Look how thick this book is. Beautiful is one way to describe it. I said thick. He said... Oh, yeah. you said beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I, I think thick, it's... I, it I love Fiona's book. art, yeah. Fiona's I don't like, usually read thick, but I like the... I, I, I saw, that's why I went out and bought the individual um, volumes, because, like, first of all, the, uh, Comic Kings just had it right there. Yeah. Conveniently, like, a week after we were talking about Saga, I yeah. saw them all there, and I was like... You know what? It was a Black Friday too, wasn't it? Well, you know, actually, no. What happened was I bought. They had the first couple of volumes, and I bought the first couple of volumes. And then the next time I was there, they had them all lined up. Like they knew I was coming back for them. That's what Brian does. I know. That's why he's the. We comic, bought Doom. That's why he's comic, comic book store, store Brian. Brian. Remember yeah. when Doom Patrol was that's like Doom Patrol that. number two was never on the shelf for the longest time until yeah. I walked over there and bought the first one, and then all <laughs> the second one that you've been waiting on. It came in. And I That's was like, awesome. Oh, I need to get that. <laughs> I don't wait. I'm going to get it first. What's uh, the What's the movie where they predict the crime before it happens? Is that Minority Report? I don't. It's an episode of Futurama. I that's what, that that's what what Brian that does. Was... That's what Brian does with comics. He predicts what you want before you want it, and he puts it on the shelf. <laughs> He's like a comic seer. <laughs> yeah, like a seer. Yeah, like a sage. Oh, yesterday was I was supposed to go see him yesterday. I got too busy. But anyways, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about. Go ahead and give us a brief uh, rundown of what Saga is about, Clay. Sure, I'd love to. Um, so it's about sex. I if you were to read, it, it, there's a lot. It's it's NSFW. There's a lot of nudity and a lot of uh, adult themes. I will say. If you were to look this book up online, it would say space opera, and it would use words like Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. I think this book is that's that's like the selling point for people that have never read this book before because I think that I think that Saga is a good entry point for a lot of people that don't read comics. Oh yes. Um. So I think that that selling point is good, but I think this book it really should be advertised as a book about war. And all the horrors of war, um, but essentially, Saga is about a family at its core. It's 
Marco and Alana, and they uh, are two different races that are at war, and they have a kid, and it's not a spoiler. Uh, we'll we'll say spoiler alert here in a few, but um, they have a kid, and that kid, there's apparently like never been a kid like it, and the two governments, uh, these two planets, don't like that there is a kid. Well, the the wings and the horns yeah. have been in a race war for millennia. Right? Oh, yeah. race long war. time. Yeah, so like, like they've they've been race warring for 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 a real long time. So to the point never... where they stopped warring on their yeah. own soil and started just warring in other so other satellites. It's, a, it's, a, it, yeah. it's a, not to not to re- reduce the story, but it's like a it's a true underworld story of like the vampires and the werewolves breeding together. Right. That's, it's that's the that's what the baby is. It's like this has never happened before. And to this... the moon of Cleve and to the planet of Landfall. See, Cleve uh, is the moon of Landfall, and that's where um, the horns are from. You know, the, the term this, Moonies. This, this, Moonies. God, you the, beat me to it. You beat me to it. It's sort of like the <laughs> Moonies is sort of like the kind of derogatory, like you know, term used to describe people from Cleve. But they have horns that there. They have antlers. Um, and then the, the Landfallians, they have wings and those could be bird wings or bug wings. They just, they're winged oh. humanoids. Oh, so and anybody in this with wings is a, is, is a is Landfallian. Yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, um, they both see this baby that is born of both races that has horns and wings as an abomination and they want it killed. So these two are constantly being hunted. Mm. Um, and that's sort of kind of what drives the entire story is these governments just super into killing this baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and I guess should we just uh, before we go into like spoiler territory, should we just kind of so um, I read I read I read up to 16 issues, um, which is equivalent to about three volumes, give or take, Um, which for me, when I'm reading an independent comic uh, like from Image Mm -hmm. and I want to get an idea of if I'm going to like it or not. I have a lot of books where I have the I have like like Deadly Class and um, Black Science and uh, a lot of these you know kind of indie titles or titles that are you know independent. I get the first three volumes regardless of if I'm enjoying it or not because I think the first three volumes is kind of like the first season of a drama TV show. Yeah. It's like you got to get through the first season to really know if it's for you or not. And I, I just don't like Saga. Just wasn't for me. By the time I got to the the sixteenth chapter, right. I was just like, I, I, I there's a lot of it, it, Brian K. Vaughn's. It's his early work. Um, and I was even talking to comic book store Brian about it, and I was like, look, I love Wes Anderson. I love Wes Anderson to death, but like, I can go back and watch Bottle Rocket and be like, this movie sucks. Right. This movie sucks. And like, but like, I can see that there's still like the the blueprint of his style coming out. But I just can't, I couldn't, I just, I don't know what it is with Saga, but I just couldn't get it. I think I didn't like the mom character. Okay. Oh, you didn't like the mom character? I didn't like the dad character. I didn't like Marco either. I don't, I didn't, there's, there's only one character I did like, and it was the Will. The Will. Yeah. Oh, and Lion Cat. Lion Cat's also cool. No, Lion Cat's phenomenal. Lion Cat yeah. is very Lion cool. Lion Cat I, is honestly maybe the best character. Probably, yeah. yeah, best, the goat. Yeah. So I got to where I got Lion last Cat's night, great. and then I did a big flip through just to see, like, yeah. what kind of develops. And I saw some characters develop, like the little seal guy. Oh, I saw. Eventually, it's so crazy that he's like still around in yeah. Volume Eleven. Spoiler oh, alert! He's, in volume like, 11 he's too? still kicking, dude. Because oh. <laughs> I remember seeing him. I'm like, oh yeah, there's there he is, a cute little anthropomorphic alien, one of the four yeah. types of aliens they have in this book. Um, and then I like <laughs> there's so that. many. And then aliens. I started flipping, and I was like, oh, he's back. And I was like, he must have been very popular, like with the fans. Uh, he was popular with me. So I, I just, requested I him when I was reading it. He's like yeah, super okay. country, you know. Super I country, love that. Super country, country, country uh, seal person. He's probably like the. 
only character I'd probably have a drink with. Yeah, I will say the the <laughs> war take is interesting. Like the that's all very interesting. I like the I like that she read like a, a paperback smut novel. Yeah, <laughs> and that <laughs> was like encouraged her she to. was like, oh, we have to do, we have to bridge the divide between oh, hate we, and I find have love. Sex with this well, slave. She she uh, Alana's character had just. She had been reading, you know, like smutty, just really trash smut yeah. for a long time. But then did you get to the point with the, the lighthouse? Yeah, yeah. That's where I yeah, left you off. Got to that's, the that's the very last thing. Where essentially they're like, you know, this is like, there's like thinly veiled like politics in here, right? Mm. And he's like, no, no, it's just trash. But he's just saying that yeah. to like protect himself yeah, well, in so, a way. So yeah, it was, there it is was, thinly no, veiled ro- politics was, in there. It was the robot guy. Yeah, Prince, Prince Robot. robot Prince got Robot there. shows up. It yeah, made yeah, you yeah. think that Prince Robot showed her first, but really Alana and the family—they were hiding upstairs. Hide, yeah. yeah, and he and you originally think that he's lying, like. Like, yeah, this is all smart. This doesn't make any sense. But Prince Robot's all like, you're freaking lying. And to, shoot you, to tell you that, I'm going to shoot you in the chest, and I'm going to read this book to you right in front of you as you slowly die. And he also talks about like his son and how his son died fighting for mm-hmm. landfall and stuff. And, oh, my God. You know, yeah. it was a so whole wait, thing. the writer's landfallian? No, but he but landfall controls so many systems that they like enlist other people to fight in their war, and so other planets have gotten caught up in their war too. Okay. So much like you know when the U.S. goes to like they don't even, I mean when they go to war like everybody else be getting involved you oh know, because God, they yeah. just have to because the U.S. is like well we need help you gonna help us or we gonna mess yeah. you up too we need help making like, all this money right now like even <laughs> even we're gonna make money out of this guys it's fine if we go to war we'll make money it's hey, fine even the robot kingdom oil? was like that like even robot <laughs> kingdom uh, <laughs> to a certain degree. <laughs> Yeah, the ro- no, the robot guys are very um, awful. <laughs> oh. They're not good aliens. But Prince Robot is the best one. They are. Honestly. I the like his character. I like the designs. See, he hasn't gotten to like a lot of Prince, Prince Robot Robot's Robot character right development. Now he's just a you know guy what I mean? Chasing after them right now. Yeah, he really had some. Whew, man, had, that had guy some. goes through it. Goes through it, man. God, he has to work with people he fucking hates, but like he deals with it anyway because he knows so, the greater good. He'll tell you how much he hates working with you and like before, calling you shit, but he'll also help you because he knows I need help. Before we dive into like spoilers, just in case people are like listening to this, like, oh, I, I want to hear what it's about and I want to read it. I just want to get y'all's like take before we jump into spoiler territory because you said that it wasn't for you. Yeah. And that's Christian's take. Eric, what did you feel after nine volumes? Of nine volumes? The compendium yeah, one. It's not yeah. for me. Not for you? It's okay. pretty mid. But it has some good moments. And it did make it, it the reason I did read all of it was because I was curious on how this was going to turn up, play out, at, at play at the end. Because yeah. there was moments where it's like, all right, I didn't see that coming. And then right. all these characters are teaming up. All right, I'll see what they're going to do. And then, it, but then, and then there's some moments like with the family, and like I can't really get invested with the family. The family yeah. wasn't for me. But when it switched over to like, you know, the Prince Robot or the Will, then I'm like, okay, I can watch. I okay. Can, I can, yeah, yeah, I I can get through these chapters. They're easy I, to read. Yeah, honestly. there's that. There was that for me. There was, uh, but it just, I, for me, the, the, um, the moments that made me want to put the book down and walk away yeah. outweighed the moments where I was like, oh, this is cool. This sure. is happening. Like, these characters are looking up. What's going to happen next? Like, like, like this, so the last thing I read was the lighthouse one. Yeah. And Marco's mom literally is like, is she praying? And it's just like, oh, did his mom just watch him get a blowjob? <laughs> oh, Why God. did you write this, Brian? What is this? Yeah, so Brian. We're going to go, we're gonna go into this. Right? Gonna... I know it's you, Brian. I'm <laughs> just kidding. For all the listeners... This is we're going into spoiler territory now because I right. you don't need to ask me. I love this book, mm-hmm. and I'm going to explain why now. 
Um, but we're going into spoiler territory. We're going to spoil the late book for Christian because he's That's probably fine. never going to read it, and I'll he's probably, fine I, with it. Yeah, I, mean, I might pick it back. You want to flip? You want to flip through it? No, it? I mean, I I could I I I have some. Stuff. I mean, I just remember it all so vividly, but maybe we can show Christian. This is also your um, book that I'm giving back to you. Is that my book? This is your book I'm giving I back can't, to you. You know what's crazy is I was like, I can't believe I forgot to bring my book. No, that's your book that you lent <laughs> me. That's your book that you lent him. I, I brought it today because <laughs> I wanted to give it back Phenomenal. to you. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, the reason why this book, and I reread it. When I read it a long time ago, before, I think that I had read up to like maybe volume four or something like that. Okay. And I will tell you right now that I was in a very similar boat where I was like, I fucking, I love the will. The will is the coolest character. Prince robots really cool. Um, the will is super like, just like, wow, he's so cool. He saved this slave girl, but he's like, he's like this freelancer, but he's, he's got a soft side to him. Mm-hmm. Lion cats there, which is dope. Mm-hmm. I will tell you now I've reread it a couple times cause I reread it in anticipation of coming back. And then I re- and then a year and a half went by and I had re re I reread it again. Um, I relate so much more, and this is going to sound so corny, now that I'm a father and have a family, I relate so much more with the decisions that Alana and Marco make, which may seem so stupid, but like, it's so, like there's a, Eric, we'll we'll, we'll know this, I'll show you guys. It's at the very end. So readers at home, spoiler alert, Marco dies at the end of volume nine, very end. Like for good, he's dead. Oh man, he dies. Guess who killed him, Christian? Was it me? It was, it was the, the will. The, was it the will? Yeah, the will. Yeah. Kills him. yeah. And I'm sorry. <laughs> if I could flip through, hold on. It's just tough because I'm holding the mic. So right here, you'll see the will kills him. There's there's this whole situation that goes down on this planet, and the will is there. There's this mole lady. It's a whole thing. And it ends up with Marco going after the will because the will also kills Prince Robot. Um, he kills Prince Robot and he yeah, kills. Yeah, yeah, Does Will become the main antagonist? Kind, yeah, kinda, not really, kind yeah. of. In Volume Eleven, there's still like him and Gwendolyn kind of hanging out and stuff. Anyways, so there's think, the scene where he has the opportunity. The Will is like on the ground, and he's got the Will right there, and he's yeah. like, he could kill him. Yeah, he could absolutely kill the Will. But then he like looks out the window. He's look at him. See, like he's like about to kill the Will. And then he's got his thing up, and then he thinks. He looks at the window, and he puts his shield down, and he walks over, and he looks at the planet where his family is at, and then this happens. And he gets killed. And then he has this, like, his life flashing before his eyes moment where he sees his kid. And essentially, for everybody at home, something you should need to know about Marco is that he is so freaking good at killing people. He is like a force of nature. He is described by multiple times in the book, but he is like a, a pacifist. Mm. He does not like that he is so good at killing people. He does not. It's like a classic like anime thing, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, I'm so good at ki- killing people, but I'm a pacifist. And he doesn't want that world for his kid. Like he doesn't want to be that person anymore for his kid. And it ends up killing him. He lets the will live. And the will at this point in the book is a different the will from... <laughs> Earlier in the book, like an earlier, the will maybe would have not killed Marco. It, to be honest, like Will really changes throughout the book. Oh yeah, up and down. Like yeah. one minute I'm liking him, one minute he's a piece of shit, and by the end of the book, he's still a piece of I shit. Think, in my I book, think honestly, when we meet the will, he's a piece of shit who got his heart broken. Right, but he's cool. And he's trying though. to be like because when you get your heart broken, 
the best thing you can do is to work on yourself. Right. So, like, that's what he's doing, right? He's, he's trying to get over his ex to work on himself. He goes to that planet with all the heroin plants, and he like he's like, maybe I'll just live here for the rest of my life. This is a nice planet. Maybe I'll just settle down here and retire from being a mercenary. And, you know, if the kid wants to stay, I'll raise her as my own. And, you know, I, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm done, right? And then... And then he gets a tip, right? And then life pushes him and nudges yeah. him in the wrong direction. And he doesn't have the character development yet to be like, oh, no, that's I, I should follow this instinct of, like, getting out of the game. Instead, he, 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 he makes the decision to get out of the game because he's losing at the game, and then the game gives him an opening, and he's like, okay. And you realize that, okay, he still needs a lot of work done on himself. Um, so I can only imagine that he has a bunch of moral ups and downs as we go uh, through that book. Yeah, there's... The will... It, there's a very big turning point for him where he gets like captured and forced to work for that to mole me, lady. To, well, before that, to me, the big turning point was when uh, the, oh. the adopted girl stabs him in the neck because she was uh, hallucinating. She was hallucinating. hallucinating so yeah. He was out for a while. Yeah. And while they were out, the the girl he was hanging out with, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn. And, the, and the little girl. Who is Marco's ex-fiancé. Mm. Yeah, Gwendolyn. The, the, Gwendolyn, yeah. So yeah, they yeah, meet yeah. up with another freelancer later to be able to be the Will's sister. Oh, the brand. Sophie. That You realize that, yeah, you realize that Sophie's named after his older sister. Yeah. And they go on this adventure to find a cure for the Will because of how he died. He was, like, he was slowly dying, mm-hmm. so he needed something. And in the process, uh, the brand died. And it's all because of that little girl's fault. I mean, she helped yeah. out, but she kind of like did went off yeah. plan. There's like a like, dragon. They had yeah. to... This is another like the where you mentioned the book sexualizes stuff. Mm, yeah, like yeah, they had no. to go get <laughs> to remind get me it was like a dragon juice. dragon juice. It was some kind of dra- it was the last dragon male, dra- male dragon on this planet and he's yeah. cuz all the female dragons are like just hanging around like you can find the last male over there and he goes in there and um you might want to cover yours for this. He's literally like sucking himself off. He's what the dragon. The dragon is is pleasuring himself in his own mouth. Yeah, that shock value sexual stuff that you always talk about. It's it keeps going. No, they they lean into the shock. I I do recognize that they lean into sexual shock value in a lot in these books. So what happened was, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's like, what's the point? But they they find them get the poison. The sister dies, and when the melee when the will wakes up, he realizes uh, Sophie's not here, and he and they tell her like, "Hey, she didn't make it." Just completely blames both of them. Just shuts them off completely. Even right. though they saved those life, they care for him, and he wanted to make the, this connection. But because his sister's gone, he just shuts everybody out of his life, and he goes on a downward spiral where he's a shitty freelancer. Right. He gets fat. Gets gains a bunch of weight. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, he gets real thick. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then like he try. I, I forgot. <sighs> exactly what he's doing but he's like dicking around but then all of a sudden he realizes oh wait you know i, I got this cool babe that was into me and this daughter and this girl that i kind of adopted let me go back to them after a couple of years of being a shithead and not talking to them and like hey i'm ready to come back in your lives now and then they're like no dude yeah. go away yeah i'm like yeah get out of here no he, he really he really is the story of like the shitter friend that you you had yeah growing so up. to me that was a turning point for me with will when he when the sister that he just completely just shut these people off despite how much they did everything for him right you know i mean yeah it, the girl was kind of her fault but you know she also stabbed him in the neck pr- previously to that yeah i guess she's still he's still mad about that <laughs> he's still mad about you wouldn't that. have to have put my sister in danger if you didn't get high on heroin plants and stab me well they didn't know they didn't know they did not so, know yeah. listeners at home <laughs> But yeah, uh, they were just uh, randomly on a planet. They had no idea that and all the flora and fauna was drugs. Yeah, and then they get, he gets kidnapped by that mole embassy lady. The mole embassy lady, but he like he becomes captured and he goes like full like psycho because he can't. He has like a neck 
le- a neck like shocker on or something. Yeah, it's a oh. bracelets and a shocker that makes and it that that she puts. If on. you remember Christian, do you remember Obedience when he was collar. on? Do you remember when he was on Sextillion? Yeah, the the, yeah, the yeah, prostitute yeah. planet or whatever, uh, sex worker planet. Yeah, and it. There was the mole guards. Do you remember the mole people yeah. guards? Okay, yeah. so okay. one of those guys was like the family member or husband, I can't remember, of this mole lady. And so way later in the book, she's like, you killed so-and-so. And she captures the will and essentially makes her work for him and be her like hitman because she's like a like a diplomatic but she, she person also, for the mole people. She also eventually finds out like by going through his memories because she wants to like right. get to that point. She discovers about Marco and Alana and yep. she's like, hey, I can actually make this my benefit thing now. She yeah. could go and turn the... Yeah, and then she, she does uses do that him. thing where she searches yeah. his mind. Yeah, goes, So she goes on the search after them and using the will as her muscle. It's really messed up. And he gets skinny again during this time period. Well, that's good. Well, it's because he's in a... you know. Work camp. Yeah, she yeah, made. A, he's like, essentially it was, in a work camp. Oh yeah, yeah. it's funny. Like when, whenever like they're traveling around and then they have to stop to like talk a to gulag. somebody. Yeah, they have to tell. He tells her like, "Hey, do hundred push-ups right fucking now." And like, yeah, you should. Will you need that? <laughs> oh, I, he was in. A, he was in a dark place. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So the will. Um, he's in that mindset when he lands on that planet with the mole lady, and he ends up killing. Um, well, Prince Robot. He has the hardcore vendetta against because Prince Robot killed his, his girl, his ex girlfriend, who he was still very much in love with, the stock. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so in the, like, it, stuck it was like time, the second you know issue or the third issue <laughs> yeah. when that happens, and like ever since mm-hmm. then he's like, I'm going to kill the guy that killed the stock. Yeah, and so that was coming for a long time. I was just shocked because the robot. Uh, Prince Robot had had so much character development. I loved him so much. And one thing, readers, you need to know is that people will just die in Saga. Like there, there won't be. That's why it's very Game of Thrones. Any warning? Like yeah. you'll just lose a character that you love so much. Like they killed Prince Robot in the ninth volume, and then they killed Marco. Like right after that, it was yeah, bam, bam. It was just these two <laughs> it was and awesome. you know what? It, they had done the, the and I, I can connect to this so much because they were like, they were like when they did the dad team up. They're like, we have to get our kids back. Uh, yes, when yes. Marco and Prince Marco Robot and teamed Prince up. Robot, they have, to, for, they have, they have to, work to work together to save their badass. kids. I was like, I flipped. That was the end of a but, volume, and I, fl- I flipped to that page, and I was like, Oh hell yes! Yeah, that, that like, was one dad of those, team up. That was one of those moments where I was like, Okay, I want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, that's what you're talking yeah. about, right? Where they, <laughs> that was a moment, two people yeah. that do not like each other working together because they have to to save their yeah, kids. That's what makes Prince Robot such a great character, in my opinion. Again, I, like I mentioned earlier, I love Prince Robot. He gets into these situations where he has to work with people that he doesn't like. And, right. And, and they, you're right. These people Sometimes these people die, and he actually feels for that because he's a war guy. Like, even much as, he, as much as a jerk he is, he's a war veteran, and he feels the loss for comrades, you know, that are on the field around him. Like, that, there's that one high lady that was on the ship with him, and she just kept getting – she got Marco high, and she was getting yeah. high. He hates that, and, like, but he's still like, okay, you're useful, but I'm going to keep you anyway. But then she sacrificed herself to keep the – um engine going yeah. so she kind of burned up to Chris and Prince Robot immediately was like damn yeah and like it changed him sad. it yeah. changed him yeah and it he happens changes a lot like, yeah it happens to other characters that he works with and Prince Robot is not a likable person he doesn't make himself likable ever like he is oh yeah even later on in the book when he's changed so much like he's still just a jerk yeah one because of, the, of just the way he was raised one of the best moments I think it was the, the probably the best moment for me at the at the uh, at the end of the book is when uh, the Will has Prince Robot in a headlock. Yeah. Oh no, he's 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 got Prince Robot ready to kill him, and he's like uh, telling you like, "Hey man, I know where these kids are. I can just like because they've been he, Prince Robot's been living with Marco for a while now. Yeah. Um, so he's about to rat out um Marco and their family just yeah just so he and his son could like escape. Yeah. 
And Marco there heard that. He heard that, and he didn't hold that against him because... There you go, Christian. He didn't hold it against him because Marco, at this point, knew who Prince Robot was. Like, I know you were going to sell me out. I mean, but you also probably were going to, like... I mean, you... He understand his situation. He understand what kind of person he was, and I thought that was cool. He like, at the of very course, end, Prince Robot would fucking like. At the very end, he was so ready to sell them out just to save his son. You but know what I mean? It's so like, him, you know. And guess what? He would yeah. betray the will too if, if he had the chance. And but at the end of the day, like I don't know, it's sort of like that feralness comes over to you when you realize, like, I will do anything to get back to my kid. Like, yeah. and yeah. I don't care if I've been living with, because he had been living with Marco for like four or five years. Like they did a time jump yeah. and he had been living with them forever and he had fallen their in kids, love yeah, with, their uh, kids have became very close. That, that one lady, Petrichor, mm-hmm. Petrichor, uh, she was the, uh, the, the cleave, the, the Mooney with the big horns that were like, not right. <laughs> so was, you call her Mooney. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh I, yeah. She, she, was she, it the trans one. Yeah. She the trans character. Okay. Yes. Uh, she, uh, they, uh, they, they were like. In love, and I don't know. He had a family. Oh, that's again, right. Sort Prince of. Robot and the and the um, what, what, what was her name again? Petricor. Petricor. Yeah, that's yeah. that was pretty. I like that. That was a nice family. They were gonna have, they're gonna be together. They're gonna be like they were both like really messed up, and they kind well, of found each other. In let a me way. tell you something. Petricor, uh, stay with um, Prince uh, the Youngling Robot. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I could spoil that for you. I guess you don't care, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, so essentially, what happens after that? is they find Petricor helps Alana find Marco's body because the will is leaving the planet with Marco. Like he's oh, there in space. God, yeah. And so he takes, he decapitates Marco. He takes Marco's head so he can bring it back for the bounty. And they dump his headless body on a planet and Petricor helps him, her find the body. And Petricor's like, we need to get vengeance against the will. Like I'm going to go find and kill the will for killing Prince Robot. And then Alana's like, that's not what Marco would have wanted, and I have a kid to think about, so no. And yeah. so they go separate ways. And then Petricor, like, straight up, at the end of Volume 11, does, like, a sneak attack, like, with, the, you know, the teleportation axe that they have? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? She, like, teleports into Gwendolyn's room, where the Will and Gwendolyn and Sophie are, and beats the shit out of the Will. Like, absolutely ru- messes him up, and then is about to shoot him with a, a one-shot kill arrow, like some magic arrow that kills no matter what. And Sophie jumps in front of it and dies. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Uh, child, that's sad. But like, that's why you she's get like the a teenager will. at this point. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like that's what the will gets. You know, comes around, goes around. That's all. That's the whole point of this book. That, that is really a big part of this book is like vengeance and like violence begets violence and what happens, the consequences of your actions. And I mean, the mole lady was a a crazy part of that but also just like i mean you talked about prince robot and how he was a war veteran yeah and they it's such a big part of his story like he can't enjoy life doesn't like, he have um ptsd oh yeah PTSD? oh yeah like, he has like, flashes of like war come across yeah, even, even with people yeah and it's cool you you know that he has humanity because like you see this flashback he's working with this like peasant like I think um, alien from another planet, yeah. but he's still being like friendly. Okay, yeah, you're my medic. What's up and everything? And then the gas hits. Oh, and then he starts getting worried for her. Like, hey, get your mask on. And she's oh. all like, I, I don't, I didn't give I me a mask. Yeah. That was I, a tough one. Yeah, and he was like, damn, really? Like, and she's like, yeah, they don't value me. And he's like, they didn't give me a mask. Yeah, like, and she just melts. Yeah, and it's she explodes, man, in front of him. It's and just it was messed up. And, and he's th- like, that's fucked because that was someone who f- was fighting for you. And like, yeah. as a war veteran, like I think it's messed up to. to I like Prince Robot from what I've read. 
I, like I said, he's awful, like absolutely awful. But, but you he get does it, have so much character development. I understand why he's awful. You meet his dad, King Robot, who is a big LED a TV. Huge <laughs> LED TV. No. <laughs> yes. And you meet the peasants of that planet, which are like CRT TV. No, they have, they oh. have bla- they're black and white. Yeah, yeah. yeah, only the royalty is color TVs. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And that's why Prince, uh, the Princeling, um, Princeling, young. Lady I forget are. what his name is. I just call him Princeling. Later. Crap. Does he, so he stays with um, Alana? Yeah, she adopts him, essentially. Oh, Alana adopts Petra, uh, the princeling. Sad. I wish Petrachor could have stayed with him. But. Nah, she's going to be a badass somewhere else, dude. She's going to absolutely chop up some people. You know you know that feeling when your mom abandoned you as a child to go and kill the guy who killed your dad? I don't know my dad, though. Well, that's because that guy killed him. But I want my mom. Well, she's off killing that guy who killed your dad. Well, thanks, mom, I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You know when that happens? <laughs> yeah. You guys ever? Yeah. You guys yeah. ever? <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there when your mom abandons you and doesn't come home from work because she's got to go kill the guy I'm who killed your dad. Doing this for you, son. <laughs> so the war, the war theme, though. I just want to go into that real fast, and then we can switch over to. I want to talk about a different character. Um, it just there's parts of the book where they talk about how like Cleve and Landfall are just keeping this war going for them. Like, it's like they can end the war whenever, but mm-hmm. they like talk about how, you know, because you got Agent Gale yeah. always in the background, horrible, like the worst character. Like, they, they, in the newer volumes, volume 11, I think, they show a scene where he, him and Alana are at like landfall boot camp. Yeah. And he goes up to like hit on Alana and she's like, uh, you know, sorry, I just got out of a long term relationship. I'm not really interested. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, that's no big deal. You know, I was just coming over to, to say what's up. And, I, you know, I, I, I can respect that. And she walks off and she's like, wow, thank you for being so cool. And she walks off and then he, his face changes. He's like, fucking cunt. Like, Jesus <laughs> he's, Christ. He's, he's like the people. worst. He's, when did volume 11 come out? <laughs> volume 11 was like, I feel like it was 2022. Really, dude? I feel like it might have been 2023 because they took a long break after volume nine, after Marco died. They took a huge break and they came back and it was like Alana and this other guy that she had been working with and the gang. And they, they, they're still going on adventures, just trying to survive essentially. Um, But it's more like they're, they're absolutely poor and they're yeah. like living off of scraps. I, I saw the recent um, cover when I was at Barnes and Nobles. It looks like the little two kids have a little street band going on. Right. Yeah. They're, they're playing yeah. music on the street corner to get money and stuff. And they're, they're homeless. They're living in a tent at one point and it's, it's really uh, rough. And Alana's working the worst job. She's essentially working at like a, an Amazon warehouse and they show her like she goes behind one of the shelves and like pees into a grate because they don't give her time to pee. And I was like, yeah, they're definitely referencing Amazon <laughs> warehouses right now. Anyways, um, but yeah, the, the whole war thing, I think, is just interwoven in the story, and it just talks about how awful war is and what it does and what it causes people to do and how it changes people how even. It, how it tears families apart. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And then I think a, a, a really cool theme of this book, you know, I haven't finished it, but for what it sounds like, like uh, – it, it it plays with that Machiavellian like ideal ideology of like if you're gonna conquer someone you need to conquer them completely otherwise the kids are gonna grow up to resent you right right so oh. so it's you know what I mean because like you there's no way the princeling and um what did they name the kid again the 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 baby oh uh, Hazel. Hazel Hazel yeah the so like home. Hazel and the princeling are gonna grow up and just have you know like they their dads got taken from them the their moms are probably gonna get taken from them because of the conflict right and so they're gonna have 
even if they don't have a personal, like, even if they don't have a reason to fight, even if they find peace, there's always going to be that, like, resentment towards the people who put them through what they went through. Um, so it's, it would be so easy to spark that, just that, that reignite that fire of war and violence. So that, I think that's something that this book does well, um, which is neat. I, I'm, I'll probably pick it up later. I just, I'm reading so much right now. I wanted to, you guys both mentioned, you like Prince Robot, you like uh, these other characters, but you don't like Alana and Marco. I have yeah. all of them. I like Alana the most. Marco, I, just, I, I can kind of relate to her. I, um, it's, what's crazy is I like Marco more than I like Alana, but I, it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, all the other side characters are cooler than the main characters. Yeah. And I yeah. really wish I had more of the side characters and less of the main characters. It's one of those books where I felt like, the main characters were my vehicle to get the side character stories, and mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time keeping track with those books. Like I, that's why I stopped reading Game of Thrones because at a certain point I just kept reading chapters of characters I didn't want to read. Right, and I'm just like I can't keep reading. Like I, this is a at this point I'm just wasting time trying to get to the next point in my favorite character story when I could just be reading something that I enjoy all the characters and all of the different uh, plot angles that they got going for them. Um, but what what were you gonna say about? No, I was just curious why. You um, didn't like. Let's just Marco. Like, okay, got, why didn't you um, like Marco? I guess I. Eric? I guess I don't really like his pacifist um, standpoint. I, I, I get it. Like, I'm a. I'm kind of a pacifist too. More like a violence and unless you know necessary kind of guy. But him is kind of like a little too overboard, which I kind of get. It. You know, he's a war veteran. He done some messed up things, but like I still think you know you got to do what you can to protect your family. So him always hesitating. I think that hurts his family, in my opinion. There was a point where he's talking to a news reporter. Because that those two uh, gay fish new reporter oh, yeah. guys, Up, yeah, Upshur and Doff. So he, they, these these guys who've been tracking them down, but they ended up like started living with with Prince and the Alana's family. Yeah, they kind of just yeah, the whole gang just ends up living together because like they're forced to stay in this one island because they can't go anywhere. But anyway, these reporters is like talking to Marco, and he's like, "Hey man, I wouldn't even like found you. This whole thing wouldn't happen if you didn't if you let this one you let this one guy go." And that gave me the lead on how we all got here. And he's all like, "Oh." This is all violence again um, because I hurt that guy. He's come back me and like this is the whole reason this is all shit. And he was all like, dude, if you killed that guy, I wouldn't even be here right now. And probably a lot of other crazy stuff wouldn't wouldn't happen. And I'm like, dude, I'm totally with that guy. Yeah. Marco, you hesitate too much. That's my thing. I get I, 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 I respect his pacifist route, but I feel like in a story like this, you can't be too friendly. You know, I mean, that's just me. I mean, he hesitated and his, and he his kid doesn't have a yeah. father anymore. You hesitate. You know no, what I mean? Have- and it's his principles killed him. And I think that there's like two sides to that coin. Like I see that and I'm like, I wouldn't want my son to think that I'm a killer to know, to, to, I wouldn't want that world to be there for mm. my son, but it's also the world that you live in. Yeah. You know, well, guess what? You parents got to lie to their kids all the time. It's, I, but it, I don't know. I, yeah. I get both Marco, sides of it. Marco is a good representation of ideology versus reality. Oh yeah. That's, that's he, he that's why I like him more than I like uh, uh, Alana. Um, because Alana to me, I like, I don't like, again, I haven't read a lot of all of it, so I, I don't want to, you know, mischaracterize her, but like from what you've read, from what I've read, she just seems like, I like her decision-making process isn't, isn't always the best. And it kind of, it kind of drives a lot of the conflict, um, sometimes. And then uh, there's a lot of times where she's just like, this might be personal trauma for me too coming out, but like I don't like it when she when there's like an issue and then she's just like, I'm sucking your cock, dude. <laughs> there's too much going on. I'm gonna suck you off. And I'm just like, that's oh, yeah. I don't right. like people like that. Like it's, that It's I mean, yeah, it, there I mean, there's absolutely 
not to defend the writers on this, but there's absolutely people that like try to avoid their trauma with sex and with, you know, just like, hey, I don't want to talk about this right now. Can we just fuck? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like there's there's definitely I've been in situations that exi- like that. Right. And yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. Like she definitely evolves a little bit more. Yeah. Especially after her time. You you remember when she was on the uh did you get to the part where she was on the the um it was sort of like a, a wrestling show. A wrestling show, but it was also like a soap drama. A soap opera. Soap opera, yeah. I haven't gotten to that. There was part. a point in that novel where they uh she just keeps taking drugs because you know it's a wrestling kind of thing because yeah. like and also they're you it know, makes living her, in poverty. It makes her a better actor. Yeah, they're living in poverty too. Yeah, it makes her a better actor. Yeah. So she's um she's all the stresses on her. So she takes these drugs. Meanwhile, Marco, because he's a stay-at-home ha- dad, he's a Marco stay-at-home dad, because he can't go anywhere because they're they're fugitives. They have to stay at home. But he wants his daughter to go out and like explore. So he signs up for this little like dance, private dance lessons. This, this teacher gave her private lessons at her home. They can play with her daughter, the Bat Lady, and yeah, the Bat Lady. Jenny. And she starts, and he starts forming like um, an affection for this Bat Lady. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where like Alana and uh, Marco are having sex, and it's like. These two people are so not there. They're so close to each other, making love, right. but you know mentally they're just far away from each other. Marco's thinking about that bat babe, and Lana's like high as hell. Yep, like just and they're both just making love. You can see it in their you know in their psyche and their in their eyes. Like Lana's just out there, and you can see Marco just focusing on something else. It's re- it was that was a really powerful scene. I think yeah. that's one of the most powerful scenes in my opinion. That I, book. Th- you do you reminded me of that. That's a really good point. And Marco. Like has the opportunity to like cheat essentially. When yeah, he, goes he had that he has ample house. opportunity. Yeah, but he doesn't do it. And he he ends up not doing it, and he leaves. But like yeah, he and leaves, he, and he's he, like left behind on the planet. He gets what happened was uh, he he comes back from grocery store shopping, and he sees Alana doing drugs, which he always suspected, but he doesn't. Right. He didn't want to yeah. see her her doing it at the home. They get a little argument. He throws the paper bag of food at her because he's so upset. Like you getting high, and then like, but she's all like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. well, who's this bat baby that you keep talking about in your sleep? And then he throws his bag, and he starts going his mental. Break Right, like, oh, I threw, he does. My, I threw my food at my wife, and now I feel like a, I'm a well, abuser, but I kind of get it. Listen, yeah. anytime that you do something violent like that, yeah. like, he throws a bag at Alana, and it's a violent thing, and I I get that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he immediately was like, I I have abused my wife. You know what I mean? And yeah, he, I mean, if he does that, who, who can say he can't, you know, he, could, he couldn't up, elevate he it. He could right. elevate that. And so, so that's another. Uh, I mean, even though, like, Alana and everyone's them. telling him, like, hey, man, it's fine, but he's all like, dude, I could, I could have, if I, what if I didn't have that bag in my hand kind of thing? I, actually, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I say it like that, it's pretty messed up, Marco. That was a good scene. But anyway, that, that was he, so he, he went to go hang out with lows. the Bat Lady after that argument, and that's when, God, I forgot who went to show him up, but that they had to escape. Alana, the child, the grandma. I'm pretty sure that's when that random robot guy, the yes. robot terrorist, the ro- shows up. Yeah, the random robot terrorist, and the he, like, CRTV steals, guy. He head. steals their family, he steals the kids, and then they blast off, and it's just Marco on the planet, and that's when Prince Robot shows up. And you think they're going to fight, but they actually team up. Yes. Whoa. That was a really powerful scene. That was a, that was a, you, that, that moment when they first started it, I was like, man, this is, this is kind of like, eh, like, I don't know. She's like working on like a, like a, like a yeah, show. I'm a guy who likes wrestling and this is not one of the best like representations of yeah. what wrestling is like. And I know what they're trying to do with its own thing, but I don't get the wrestling vibe I get when I watch wrestling with this. I thought it was going to be something cool. Like it's something I like where it was going, but like. It turned into a very powerful so thing. It turned, yeah, it ended up being pretty freaking cool at the end. And uh, another powerful scene for me. 
was uh, when Alana got pregnant again. Oh, yeah. And there was a whole story arc where she's pregnant, too, and they're about to have siblings. They yeah. meet another found family. But during a scuffle, like, I think the planet was about to be destroyed. They had yeah. to get off that planet now while being chased by these other freelancers. But the ship got rocked. She fell down and hit her stomach. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And the baby, that was the end of one volume. The, like, she has a miscarriage. It was this very sad moment. And I was like, dang. How are they going to like talk about this? What's going to happen next? So I grabbed the Oof. next book. And I opened it. And oh, there's a silly cart, like silly cartoonish cowboy town with a big sign that says "Welcome to Abortion Town." It's like this is the only oh, place in the galaxy wow. you can get an abortion. There's Prince Robot and Alana looking miserable. Like, yeah, we're here for an abortion. And I, I couldn't. I'm I'm sorry. That was kind of funny. <laughs> it was it was. Fu- and, but the, the way they handle like specifically Hazel's feelings towards being so excited to have a sibling, and then she sees the ghost. The, the illusion yeah. sort of like ghost of that, her sibling. It was, it was it was complicated. It was like for some reason Alana had magic kind of so magic she exerted tried some... to use to save the baby or something like that. Yeah, so and she... that created this sort of like force ghost of this baby that Hazel sees. Like a possible child that she... fetus? It's kind of like it was kind of like she has this mental image of what this kid could have been, been and it like right. projected into reality for okay. a little bit. And that's because oh that was because of the baby miscarriage because yeah. the baby kind of died under something she could use magic until like that baby could got out, get out. It was it was a it was a weird section, but it, it was a, oh yeah. And then they they see the the uh, this is another when they get kind of political. They see the abortion person and like she has it's like a big wolf person with bloody hands and she has like her text boxes are very scary. Like yeah, mm-hmm. bring the lady to me. Yeah, I was. But like, then like they go inside the this. house and then it's all like you see that her hands are bloody because she just got done with a patient and then like oh she's just just a cool person. Yeah, like, she turned out to be chill. Yeah, she was then, super scary at first. Interesting. Though. The wolf lady with like the big yeah, hanging yeah, they had because the, the, like the abortion <laughs> town couldn't take out a baby oh, that how, old. Hello, your teats hang. They were doctor. Oh, you found out later. She's just a mom. So like after the operation, she has she tons was, of like, puppies. Yeah, yeah, she's just running around. around. Yeah, like, what's up? <laughs> like that was some abortion I did there. She got all these puppies <laughs> running around her little really yeah, scary haunted yeah, house looking place. Yeah, it's very scary. It's a really creepy haunted house with the bloody hands, got blood all over, and she's like, yeah, I don't understand in. the messaging. I don't. It's get pretty the, much like it's like people paint abortion as a bad thing, but then like and it's like they're trying to like. Because, you know, there's a lot of people saying abortion's yeah. bad and evil. No, I get even, that. even if the babies are so To make her look this, like a wolf and so a murderer. Here, yeah, here's yeah. this murderer looking thing. But then when you, like, go inside her office, and she's actually not a bad person. I think that's, like, the. Like, Alana has a dead baby inside of her and needs to get the baby out before yeah, Alana dies. Yeah, there was the reason why they're there. It just seems kind of, like, heavy handed. It was heavy handed. Uh, obtuse. There's some, I get that. There's yeah. some, there some lessons in here that are pretty heavy handed. Yeah. They really got to throw it in your face. They don't trust their readers. Because <laughs> I, I was talking to comic book store Brian, and I was like, hey, does it get any better in the modern age? And he was like, no, I just had a bunch of people drop it because they said the R word in the most recent uh, They did. Issue. Absolutely, yeah. they used that word. And, yeah. and the kids, um, why they, why they Prince, use- the Princeling and Hazel are like, mom, we can't use, she's reading something, and it's, a D, it's an old D. Oswald heist book. Mm. And she reads this part, and she reads out the R word, and the kids are like, "Mom, you can't say that." Blah blah blah. So it's a- and like, and they're like reprimanding the mom, and she's just like very like Gen X parent where she's like, "Well, you can't say anything anymore." Oh, you know what no. I mean? Oh, <laughs> see, you know what's sad? You know what's sad? I relate to Alana. Stop. I'm not. The, I don't say the word anymore. But there was a time where people just said it regularly. They, okay. I think that. And hear me out real fast. Come back. No. Uh, <laughs> hear, me, hear me out real fast because I think that they did that for a reason. Mm. And the reason why they use the R word in the book, and I think there's a lot of people that will be, I don't know if they'll agree with me on this, but earlier on, I will say, when I was first on the podcast, I mentioned that 
the older saga didn't age very well because they used the R word yeah. earlier on in the book. And I think that them doing that little number in volume 11, whether it was the right way to do it or not, was them trying to be like, hey, we shouldn't have done that back then. We've learned. you should. Nobody should say that word. Um, but whether I don't know if the execution right there was correct. Maybe yeah, they should have just came out and said it. I think but, it's so fine. That's reality. Yeah. People said it back then. I know. People I know. I know. You know. You're right. It should people be said, say it today. I'm a stand up comic. People say it today. It should be said that. Yeah. It shouldn't be a thing that you know you should be saying like all willy nilly like that. Um, yeah. I think I think it's a word that needs to be handled with grace. Yeah. Used for its actual term. Yeah. And um, if you're and if you're using it to have commentary on the word itself, you need to you need to. It's a delicate thing. To, to speak that like yeah. satire and, and that's like no way to drop a book just because they're you say it you, when you thing. say it you just gotta sound like Mark Wahlberg yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. I'm just kidding don't do that guys <laughs> don't number anyways so yeah I don't did you, anything else you guys wanted to touch on I think one, we talked uh, about on one thing quite a bit. one thing I will give a, this is a nitpick for me yeah whenever I get into like big sci-fi kind of stories yeah. like um I I'm really into sci-fi ever since I was a kid because I like the imaginative like aliens and robots and spacecrafts and all that. I feel like it's kind of lacking here in Saga for me personally because like every alien you see is just another animal that's anthropomorph anthropomorphized or it's there a was human a head with legs. Those those are great. Okay, and then there's like those people who are humanoids with animal-like properties. Like I said, there are some outliers, but most of the time, you know, I go to another planet, I want to see something cool and wacky. It's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is just like my backyard. This is just a furry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. This, is, a just, of, this is just a furry. You got the mer people. Well, you got Prince Robot. You got yeah, the Robot, yeah, robot a Kingdom, unique, man. Like a unique. But so you got, you got like, you people. got, so from what I saw, from what I read, you got, you got your animals, mm-hmm. you got your people with animal parts, mm-hmm. You got your robot peoples, oh yeah, that, which includes like TV man and any other kind of robot thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would like to, and then the fourth one is what I like to call the the person, but put on shuffle mode. So it, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's I mean? a good. That's so just a good like a head with legs or good, stuff yeah. like that, sure. Or like that big ogre that was just like a gross dick joke. Like yeah, they, they big on that, that was pretty balls. shocking yeah, too. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So uh, like, so I, I guess the fifth category would be sex joke. Like the alien is, is they. It's an alien dragon, and he's and he's, and he's just pleasuring himself yeah, over there. Like, yeah. So they had to get that dragon. Just, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a nitpick of mine personally. Yeah. I mean, not saying there isn't a lot of imaginative parts in it. It's just that you know, I wish some of the aliens could just be a little. I think it has a lot of merits. I just I just think the material that it's handling and the subjects that it's handling. I want a different. Like I would prefer a different frame, and it might be and because you know I'm not a, a Family Guy. And like, you know what's I'm the not, best frame for this? Um, Walking Dead, same Walking Dead. same company that made that same kind of like uh, um, stories and themes, though tell a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and I'm I, just gonna say it, better writer, no. <laughs> Kirkman. Yeah, he Kirkman. Is, he is Kirkman's famed, a killer. Yeah. And they even do the they they do the why same. Are gonna, why are you gonna put two bad bitches up against each other like that? Um, <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn and Robert Kirkman. I really love Walking Dead, I man. Really and it's like, like, no, I like Walking Dead. Dead. I said the themes. last time I was on the cast, I said I love The Walking Dead. Like, but, but like reading this, it was kind of like reading like The Walking Dead in a way, in its own, in its own d- way, like genre swap, right? Yeah. Like you, instead of sci-fi, it's zombie. Yeah. Right? This one's more, and like Walking Dead is definitely like more gritty and like. Like killings happen a lot more often, but it has it's a more of a found family approach kind of with Which, Rick, and I I'm more of a found family kind of guy. I like found families um, sure. stories, and yeah. I'm sorry, I, I think I found like sound like a horrible person for saying no. that. Like, no, you hate family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, me too. I'm not. I don't yeah. get. <laughs> I don't get. I'm not saying I don't like family stories. It just has to be the right kind. And I just um, I want everybody to know at home that the first time that Eric met my son, he looked at him and he was like, "Not for me." 
No, man. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that guy. Yeah. Um, this guy <laughs> took said, my... this is who you're hanging out with instead of us? That's a real, yeah. that's uh, a real also, thing that happened. Um, audience members, uh, the last time I played a video game with Clay, uh, Call of Duty, was the day before his son was born. That and was we haven't played a video game fact. with each other since. But they also the night yeah, before. They, but to be fair, they also got rid of Rebirth Island. Oh, they also... Call of Duty did Yeah, get, we can't drop where we want to drop, so... Yeah, we can't yeah, drop in Clay right. Sanctuary yeah. anymore. My favorite, my favorite little building. Ooh, <laughs> so yeah. safe. Uh, uh, Warzone was fun back then. Yeah. I want to I say one thing about Saga before we move on, um, and that is I think that Saga is important because I think that Saga, much like The Walking Dead, is a great entryway for people into comics that are absolutely terrified of the huge universe of Marvel and DC Mm. that you have no idea where to get into this. You know, that's why Image Comics, you know, a lot of them are so important in that way because what do I need to do to get into Spider-Man? Well, there's like 18, 19, probably more than that, different Spider-Mans. Like, what about Moon Knight? I have to read the 1967 Moon Knight where he's like, yes, you do have to breaking up a peace <laughs> rally or something like that. No, like, he I don't know. break up peace rallies. He I don't, breaks I, up I don't, furries. <laughs> Listen, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's an amazing entryway for people into the genre. And it was for me. Like mm. I read Saga before I read The Walking Dead. And then I went and read The Walking Dead. And that was like before the show came out. Um, and it got me onto so many other different independent comics like Rat Queens mm. and Rest in Peace Rat Queens. And... Um, you ever read I, Deadly Class? I never read Deadly Class. Deadly Class is a good one. Um, I'll try that out. That, um, but yeah, no, Image, you're right. Image is, uh, Image is a good publisher to go and just find a series and pick up volume one. Yeah. And that's all you need to get into it. It's not connected to anything else. It's not, you're not missing out on anything else. The only thing I'll say that you might miss out on is Image is one of those ones where like the writer is more important than anything else. Because, like, Marvel and DC, you can just go get a character that you're interested in. You don't have to worry about who's writing it. You don't have to worry about any of that. But, like, with Image, I would say, like, you know, you know what you like based off of who's writing it. Like, I would say go find an Image book that has the name Rick Remender on it and read it now. Right now. Wherever you are, find it. And go (laughs) read one. Because I think Rick Remender's probably one of the best guys out there. Um Brian K. Vaughn's another one. The, I haven't read the... Have you read Why the Last Man? I have not read Why the Last Man. I have not read Why the Last Man or... Um, What's his Crap. Paper, uh, Paper Girls? Paper Girls. Paper Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I read Paper Girls is good. I had a roommate who I have, read that. I have, I've heard all of that, and it's all stuff that I need to read. But honestly, you guys, I've been really into manga lately. Yeah. I don't know if That's you guys me. want I'm to the guy. move yeah, away from I'm saga. I'm the guy, yeah. Come on, stop talking about this dumb American stuff, it's int- all right? <laughs> Let's talk about good old-fashioned Land of the Rising Sun. Yeah, comments. my hometown. Yeah, you that. were born there. <laughs> Little lore drop. Lore drop. I worked at GameStop. Oh. I was born in Japan. The creature okay. just clocked in. The creature heard we were talking about manga and spun around he came out in of his, his crate. seat. <laughs> came out of his he crate. ripped out of his crate. It's the fourth one this <laughs> month. <laughs> Get back in character, creature. Get back in character, creature. Get back in character. about delicious in dungeon now? Yeah. So I was recommended Berserk and Delicious in Dungeon, and I didn't read Berserk, but I did read 
a good amount of delicious yeah, in dungeon. Tasty in dungeon. I love that series. Oh man, I got notes. Let me pull out my phone. Oh, this I is actually, be great. I was reading this and I took this very seriously. I got was it. like, I'm going to take notes as I'm, I read. I'm happy too. I don't think I've ever. I talked got a to Shonen Jump about update on my phone series. because I I downloaded the Shonen Jump app oh, and I subscribed because yeah, that means you can read One Piece. Oh, you should read Sakamoto Days. I should yeah, read, no, no, no. One, read Piece. One Piece. No, you should read Sakamoto Days. Damn, where's my notes app? There it is. <laughs> Sorry, there was uh, a intense, I think was Clay would like Sakamoto right Days. I'm gonna read he you. Would. Can I read you my notes yeah. and then we discuss? Yes, because this is like my my journey. All right, Ooh. here we go. My first note is Leos may be a sociopath, and I mean that like not like oh he's so great like he may actually be like a sociopath. Yes. Um, and then I said, why is everybody always gaslighting Marcel? Like that she's. Marcel is all of us, right? Marcel yes. is like, I don't want to eat this gross monster. And everybody's like, no, no, it's not gross. It's totally well, Chill fine. Chuck's with her on it, but he's more willing to Chill do Chuck it. Chill Chuck gives up pretty quick. Yeah. But he's <laughs> as still... soon as he eats that delicious mushroom, he's like, oh, yeah. He hates it, but he's like, I'm all good. right, I'm going to, this is the only thing I can eat. Uh, I say, I also said, why do they keep telling Marcel not to use her magic? They complain about her slowing them down, but then she tries to contribute and they brush her ideas off. And I find oh. out later that's because they want her to save her mana for. Uh, deeper levels. Yeah, the magic, the kind of magic that she uses is more for like later levels. Oh yeah, like, like a- a- AOE does, stuff. And she does end up helping in her own way too, right? And pretty much. Uh, this is the point that I really wanted to drive home in the first three volumes of this book, and this is important. Senshi is too good at everything. He always saves the day. He is ready for seemingly any scenario. It's getting kind of old. The only mm-hmm. thing that makes him not a Gary Stew is that he isn't traditionally attractive. But I bet there will be an arc where he's a lady killer, is what I said in this note. Really? And I and that's I think for the first three volumes, they're constantly getting into uh, you know, getting themselves into a situation. And there's maybe one where Laos finds out that the the armor is like a clam and you have to like pull the clams out from the living armor. They're not magical armor. Yeah. But otherwise, Senshi constantly is like, you're, you know, we can do this to save the day or you can do that or, you know, this is the way you do this. And he's like constantly, I understand that he's been living in the dungeon and he knows everything, but from like a book perspective, it just got kind of old. That being said, the end of the, I wrote right here, the end of the third volume starts changing up the formula because they start building the world. They start showing the Elven Empire and how they're really interested in like taking over this dungeon. They start expanding out. Right. And it's, it's sort of like they, they're on this island, and we know that there's like this dungeon that appeared, this golden city or whatever. Yeah, it's a hot spot for tourists. It's a hot All spot these adventurers for adventurers that come in here and they like and business die. People. And business people, and we just don't really know anything else except for the fact that there's this dungeon and this like mad wizard. And they start expanding on that after the third volume, and they start to get away from the formula of we don't know how to. F- my keys just fell on the floor. We don't know how to <laughs> leave it in. We don't know how to beat this monster. Uh oh, Senshi does. Uh oh, now we have to cook it. Senshi, of course, knows how to cook it. And then, and everybody loves the food and it's good. Yeah. The, but the form that changed, once they get out of Senshi's territory, because he doesn't go down to the he lower levels. Right. So he doesn't he, go low. So, of course, you're right. That You're right. That, again, that would be kind of like a frustrating for, from a reading perspective. Right. Like, why is this guy just OP at everything? Yeah. Because he lived around it. He lived in this part of the dungeon for like. Way before this dungeon was discovered, right? But to the mass public, he's been living there. So now they're going to the lower levels, and things are getting way more intense. They start using magic more, and he was a guy who was originally hesitant on magic. He was oh, like, yeah. "No magic, no like, magic." He gets, the only way to cross this lake 
is with a walking spell. And like Marcel can just do that. And they were like, fine. But then she's like, no, I don't want to do this. I can do this my own way. That's okay. That's a great point you're making right here. This is the Kelpie scene. Yeah. Is the first one where we see Senshi mess up. Like he's been feeding this Kelpie. He trusts this Kelpie. Kelpie's not bad. Okay. Yeah. And then Kelpie totally bad. Like yeah. is tries to kill him, is evil. Because he they never tried to, to he never tried to ride her before. Right. And he thought like, oh, I've been feeding this guy for a long time. You probably let me ride him across the uh, thing. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't the thing. Absolutely. Try to bring Senshi down to the water and drown him. And I, I really, that was the moment, I think, I, that was probably the end of volume three. I don't know. It was the point where I was like, they're changing it up. And he, you're yeah. right. You're right about that. That's a good point that you make that he's never been lower than like level three or something like that. Yes. Because level four is where the dragon is, I think. They have to go through the water level. He's level the two. He didn't spell. go past level two. Maybe, maybe. Three. I yeah, can't. It was something like that. He's very. He stays in the surface levels. Yeah, and and so he starts to get lower, and his knowledge starts to kind of become less and less. Yeah, they start finding monsters that are more big and bad, and you start to realize that um, Senshi does not have the equipment for fighting monsters. He has right. this big bowl that's that's made from a shield. That's well, good, and a knife, and a, and a cooking knife. The bowl can, is a thing later because yeah. his his walk, you know, is. An ad, is an adamantium shield or something like that? Like it's a dwarven made yeah, it's adamantium a, shield. It's a, one of those big, uh, very pri- uh, valuable metals that dwarves yes. make. It's like it's it's like dwarf metal. metal. Yeah. And so yeah. you know it's good. <laughs> it's dwarf metal, and like he pulls it out like out of nowhere when the, I think the dragon attacks, and he, the fire doesn't like heat it up. Yeah. He's or, resistant to fire. Like, well, yeah, he's very resistant to fire. That too, because so. so he stuck it, his hand in the oil and it didn't hurt him. So when it blocked, yeah, when it blocked the fire, he was able to deal with it with the shield by holding the shield. Yeah. I said, whoa, world building starts in volume four is what I wrote here. That's actually pretty common for manga. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to you more about that in the next manga that I, I read. Uh, Red Dragon Fight was great. So was the Harpy and Phelan fight. Because the Harpy fight? Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, we're getting a spoiler territory for Delicious in Dungeon. Uh, so turn it off now. Uh, Phelan, <laughs> Phelan becomes a monster. Like She yeah. is like a part of the Red Dragon because this is my best part. Uh, I, I think I wrote this down too. Marcel using it turns out that Marcel is into ancient dark magic. <laughs> the, and yeah, her the using her using ancient dark magic is chef's kiss. Like it is and I said witchy cuz she starts to get witchier. I'm like witchy Marcel. I'm in love. Can, I love this character. Oh man, she can is, I tell you, can I tell you a little spoilers, my man? I I don't know. Like I'm still kind of thinking about so, okay. getting back into it and Dude, reading going. it. You're gonna, it's but I switched like, over to a different uh, book because you got like five more volumes. Um, I think. You remember? You know Kabru? Yeah, Kabru. I didn't like him at first. Seems like a little, a little, little bitch. Like I, I he's I, a little. Yeah, dude. He's like a people. <laughs> he's like a people pleaser. He always wants to please everyone. And he's plotting. He's plotting. He's always plotting, and he's like, he's like smiling. He's like, ha ha, and then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna follow this. these people around and wait for the right yeah, time, and then I hate strike. This guy. God, but like, awful. you kind of get it, like later on. I don't know. You don't get it. You didn't. He's get it like yet? dark Leos, is what the vibe that I get from him. Well, oh, I want, wait, hold up. So, uh, pause real quick. Well, okay. How do you feel about Leos right now? Oh, at this point, because I love personally, I love Leos. You, I, he's a freak in the beginning, but then you start to love this freak. Yeah, his, his the fact that he's a freak really pays off um, later on. But I I do like Leos. He's not a character that I dislike. He's a himbo. He is a himbo. He is dumb sometimes. So like with he, the with the living sword that he carries. Yeah, he let really, me not tell my people that I have that a really sword messed that him up. Guides me. <laughs> so this guy, he's like really bad at the beginning. He's like, why is he so non sociable? Like he's he doesn't know how to say the right things. But then you realize like he keeps his journal. Well, it's not like a journal. It's a book about someone wrote a book about um, 
It's the gourmet monster. Guy. Yeah, the gourmet uh, guy a monster book. It's supposed to be just yeah. a joke book, but he takes it seriously and he starts writing in it himself. So he's writing in this book, and he, you realize this guy's really into monsters. He's like, that's what makes him go farther in the dungeon than anybody else. People just focus on thing. fighting. It's but case, him, yeah. he's like studying monsters. He's like, he reads a lot about them. He's like, oh, okay, that's not how you get through this. This is how this. We need to think like this. People, everybody, every other adventurer just goes in and like fighting. He's he, a scholar. He's a scholar, and. Um, I like him that way. His that's the why that's why they get so far. And he's also talks about you know he re, he's the first person to realize like hey man we need to eat we and there's no rations down in the lower <laughs> levels. That's that's the big thing why nobody can get to the lower levels. There's no rations. There's no food you can get. But he he figured it out. I want to start how how this how this uh, manga starts is they're fighting the red dragon and Phelan his sister gets eaten by the red dragon. But the most important thing is during this battle, all he's thinking about is how hungry he is. Okay, he did, okay. And that's, his, that, his, his, his sister didn't get eaten yet, first of all. He's already thinking about being hungry. It, it wasn't, right, right. He was already hungry and talking about how hungry he is, and everybody kind of just looks weak because they're hungry in this dungeon. They're really leading into the, the whole plot of you know, having nutritious meals in a dungeon. Yes, it's very important. Adventuring, you need a good... Um, Nourishment, as Senshi would say, you need all of the a balanced meal. It makes sense when they talk about it because, like, when you go down to a dungeon that's huge, you I mean sometimes there's going to be no food, rest, exercise, and a balanced meal is what Senshi says. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's important later on. Remember I end, that. I end up liking Senshi. I end up liking Senshi a lot. I end up and liking Chuck. How do you feel um, about Chilchuk and actually being in a, a fully grown man? <laughs> When you find out that Chilchuk's not a kid, and he's yeah. like, when he's like, don't call me kid, and I'm like, oh, what a funny kid. And you you, you fell for it, too. You find out later he's like 34 or something like that. He's middle age in his people's years. He's like, he looks like a child, but because the way his like halflings age in that, he looks like a kid, but he's actually like um, middle age in his years. Because I think the he said the halflings live up to, or ha- they call it half-woods. Half-woods, half-woods live up to about yeah. 60. He's like 39 or 30-something. The... Yeah, the lu- the lunatic as they call lunatic her, magician. the lunatic magician, pretty pretty him? diabolical. Is it him? Yeah. Sorry, the lunatic magician. He is pretty diabolical, Thistle. pretty yeah. badass. I love that guy. He is a really good villain, and um, Shuru, who shows up later. Um, Shuru. Oh, Shuru. Shuru, is it Shuru? Shuru? Uh, was it you or oh, I think it's end. a you. I wrote Shuru. you, and I was reading it at the it's time, sh- so it's probably it's hopefully you. okay. Shuru and his retainer. Really cool. Did Some you get cool to the cat foot. lady? Yeah. You, you like her yeah, part like of the, the party? Yeah, yes. I, like, I like the cat lady as She was the in the um, pilot, like the first, like a, there was like a, they made like a, the author made a pre-chapter for this and already had all five of them. I just turned to look at Christian because I, I was like physically turned my body away from Christian and towards Eric to That's like okay. talk to him about this manga. I read, the, I just, I took the time that you guys were uh, gushing about Delicious and Dungeon. Uh, I just read the latest chapter of One Piece. No. Dang. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I'm not even that far. Yeah, I'm going to spoil it right now actually. Did you just get ahead so of me for happened. the first so time? Frankie. Stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> I can't believe for the first time in my life Christian's ahead of One Piece than me. Yeah, no. dude, you're a fan. Fan. No, we're not doing a deep dive into Delicious and Dungeon, so we won't. I won't. Oh, we I won't go too far. Maybe one day just, when we. This is that I don't have. Maybe anybody, I'll but I don't have anybody to talk to about it. So it's, this, I did. This was great. I rebought because I canceled my Netflix. I rebought my Netflix so I could watch the Delicious and Dungeon oh, anime it's on, Netflix? on Netflix. Yeah, maybe I can oh, watch the I anime and then talk. No, I will tell you right now, the anime is very is like incredibly exactly Beautiful. like it's oh, it's pretty the much the same thing. Is beautiful, really. It looks I bought, really I re- good. I just rebought Netflix because I wanted to keep watch. I wanted to watch Seinfeld. 
I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to cancel my subscription because they keep upping the charges and well, like and like dog, charging I, individual people. I went to go buy the Netflix subscription. I was like, why is it so expensive? But then again, they bought JoJo. They have that Scott Pilgrim show. Why are they yeah. Netflix keep fucking they doing also put, this? They also have they have um they have up until Impel Down. Uh, no, they have up until um the war in One Piece in oh. the anime, and then Egghead. What? They skip straight to Egghead. They're releasing Egghead <laughs> on Netflix as it comes out, but they I don't have streaming don't have services, man. Dude. They have the war, they have Paramount War, and then Egghead Island. Oh my god. They had I don't know. They they had poor Netflix know, watchers. I read I turned Netflix back on so I could watch Delicious in Dungeon. No, uh, I have the to Scott get Pilgrim it. takes off, uh the which is really cool so far. Um, it was. It is cool. Pokemon Concierge, which I wanted to watch, and then uh, Blue Eye Samurai, which I've heard nothing but good stuff about. I saw that. I saw. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. I think I might pick that up. Um, um, I'm probably gonna cancel my Netflix as soon as I watch all that because it's twenty for the for the HD for the 4K one. It's like what? twenty-two, twenty-three dollars a month. Insane, man. Um, keep, absolutely keep bananas. Them do Netflix, this. don't sponsor us. You're I, um, you're a you're a, you're a jerk. They're not gonna give us money. I think this is a good spot uh, to to. Transition. Well, yeah. Well, I got some bittersweet news. Um, I'm actually doing Space Court in about 10 minutes. Uh, and we've been moving around a lot, so time has definitely taken note of the fact that we've, we've been It's my restless leg syndrome. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to stop shaking your leg. So I think, <laughs> I think, Dennis, this is all the time we have this week. Um, next week, we're, we'll dive back into Annihilation and Swamp Thing. Are you guys good to call it here? Yeah. I, I want to say one thing. Yeah, go ahead. I, I have to drop one bomb on you guys. Okay. And I'm not going to... You know what? You wasted it. You know, we were going to talk about it all day. I have, over the past six months, been reading One Piece. What? What? Yep. What? Yep. You just wait, dropped that on it. Kyle, did you know Goodbye. this creature? Kyle, did you know Bye, denizens. No, no, wait, hold wait, on. Where are you? are going to take off Wait, where'd now. you go? Nope. Where are you right now? You get nothing now. No, okay. Oh, my God, Lord. we have to have playback. And it's going to happen before season three. Uh, once... Eric catches up to One Piece. We'll bring Clay back on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's all we have time for today, Denison's. Thank you so much, Clay, for stopping by and hanging out with us. Yeah, uh, thank you, great, everyone who listened. Go ahead and follow us on um, Instagram at Book Club from Planet Zero. Uh, follow me at Christian Rice Comedy. Pretty much on any social media. Clay, do you want to shout out? Anything or anything to plug? No, make sure that you go and um, subscribe to their Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's it's, it's lonely. It's lonely yep, on Clay, the Patreon. Clay, one of our patrons, um, uh, Comic Store Brian, <laughs> Comic Store Brian, and cha- we'll do the shoutouts right now uh, instead of at the end of the episode with the music. Shout out to all of our patrons, Brian, Trisha, and Clay. Clay is here with us. Hey, uh, Brian, we'll get you on a podcast someday. I know we've been talking about it every time I go into the shop, <laughs> um, and I, I've heard that you know. You know, maybe even Trisha. Maybe if you 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 have the Patreon access, you let us know if you want to make an appearance. Um, That's all go, it takes, you guys, to get on the podcast. Just give us money. That's all it takes. It's a, a small bribe, a small monthly bribe, you and you can pay guess to be here. Spot. Yeah. All of my comic friends who are listening, who are always like, "How do I get on your podcast?" That's how. Um, but yeah, next week, uh, rejoin me and Eric as we go back diving into Swamp Thing, Marvel's Annihilation, and what else am I reading? What else are we reading? Um, I can finally talk about that new Aquaman movie because I know you like those movies. I guess I'll watch it. I'll try and not <laughs> fall asleep during it, and we can. I'll watch it. That's how you that know new. it's a good movie. Maybe we, that maybe that can be our deep dive. Pun intended. LA. <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm down. All right. 
Is the fisherman in it? I'm sorry, he's not. We'll also have a villain of the week for next week, uh, either me or Eric. Um, but thank you, everyone, so much for stopping by on this lovely little planet. Everyone have a great rest of your day. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.